Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. In honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I introduce you to someone who's fighting it with a non-traditional approach. Beth Layton is a wife, daughter, and mom of two in central Arkansas fighting for her life and doesn't have a problem telling her medical provider she might not do it their way. Plus, she's my egg dealer. She inspires me so much, and you'll get to meet her right after this. I love the messaging behind dogtalktv.com. You've heard me talk some time about what Pat Becker Wallace has done. She's an Arkansan who lived in Oklahoma a long time. So a majority of her life and her charitable work, and there's a lot of it, people, has been devoted to providing forever homes for uh, these dogs and helping the rescues. Now, the shelters often get city and county money, but the rescues do not. So therefore, she has devoted much of her life's work and writing books that match the perfect person with the perfect breed, meaning your temperament. It works better with certain dog breed temperaments and then educating. That's really what she wants to do. Educate people on dog ownership and responsible dog ownership. So if you go to dogtalktv.com, you can order some of the books. I have them here. I gave some to a charity. I'm getting more to give to my daughter, granddaughter's school. Haven't done that yet. I've been busy. But when I do that, I know that the kids there can check out a book and learn more about dog breeds. In fact, if you have a child who's interested in writing children's books, they have a competition where you can find out more and it's all in their website. They have a children's book contest tab at dogtalktv.com. Know that you are helping the rescues in both Arkansas and Oklahoma when you go there, dogtalktv.com. Why is the food at David's Burgers just better than any other burger place in Central Arkansas? Well, I can tell you, I've been a customer. I've been dining there for the 10 years they've been open, 10 locations now in Central Arkansas, and it's the beef. And their passion is beef. They only use grade A Chuck Choice beef. They purchase in large slabs. It's fresh, never frozen. They butcher the slabs themselves at the local commissary into steaks, like the ones that you can find there at the stores. Yeah, you can actually buy some of the beef now at David's Burgers, davidsburgers.com. And it's just really good food. Now, the potatoes that they use, they don't use any additives or things that the competition uses. It's just Idaho potatoes that they cut and they fry and they bring them to your table. In fact, you could eat your weight and fries and you can get free ice cream at the end. The customer service at David's Burgers, it's second to none. Nobody can do it like they do at David's. Remember, they're closed on Sunday so you can worship with your family. And this is a family uh, the David is the patriarch of the family, but the Bubba's family, they give to charitable organizations, especially when it deals with adoption and fostering because they are an adoptive family. Check them out online. We'd love to have you in central Arkansas. Eat there. It's davidsburgers.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome 
to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Never have I ever had my egg lady on uh, the podcast. She's not just my egg lady. She's actually, Beth, you were first my fasting client from probably 20, was that 2021 that you started? It was June 8th of 2022. Okay. I think she remembers the date. I remember Um, the date. (laughs) And the switch was flipped for you and your life has changed. So let's start from the beginning. You came to me because a friend posted and said, hey, Lisa Fisher does Mm -hmm. a monthly Zoom call to Mm -hmm. help people yeah, she may have said lose weight. You know, those are kind of the magical words, lose weight. But you and I know it's yeah. much, much more than losing weight. It's about getting your health on track. And you've really done that. So you started and it's because of your health journey. So tell everybody what happened to get you to where you were on June 8th, 2022. So in um, 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, stage 2A, which We'll feed into the story here in a little bit. Um, but, um, and so immediately, um, like most everybody else I know who's been diagnosed with cancer, your first thing is, oh my gosh, what do I do? Start the treatment, do the surgery, tonight. do all the what things. What do I do yeah, tonight? Like right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I received a phone call on Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday morning. Um, I was in to see the surgeon on Friday and I had wow. surgery on Monday. Are you kidding me? I've yeah. never so, known the time frame. Yeah, it was five days from diagnosis. Um, it was seven days from um, biopsy to lumpectomy. Were you? Did you find the lump yourself, or were you having routine? Yes. Yeah, so screenings? I had been having um, some pain in two spots, but um, oddly Wait enough, a minute. It was, I thought pain meant it wasn't cancer. That's exactly what they said. So okay, um, I had been having pain in two spots, and oddly enough, it's uh, it was it was the two sides that your underwire <laughs> will hit. Right. And, um, I had, I had been exercising and I just thought, well, maybe, you know, either, either my underwire is poking me or Mm -hmm. I've just pulled something from, you know, um, but then I hurt my foot and I stopped working out and the pain was still there. Um, and then I noticed, um, nipple inversion and that's when I really, that's a telltale sign, right? That's a telltale sign. So that freaked me out. And, um, I went to see my OBGYN and she said, oh, well, if it hurts, it's generally not, it's generally a cyst. Um, so, but you're 40. I had, I was 40 and six months. And so, um, she said, you're 40, you've never had a mammogram. So we'll just, we'll go ahead and do a mammogram. But since you are having pain, we'll do a diagnostic instead of a baseline. And so that just meant that if they saw anything on the mammogram that was questionable, they would immediately do an ultrasound. Um, because it was a diagnostic. And so I went back and they, you have to go back by yourself. You can't take your husband. It's, it's, it's a very lonely, very frightening Mm. experience. And I, I, I knew, like, I just knew. And I told my husband, I said, just be prepared. And he's like, Oh, it's fine. And, um, so they pulled, they pulled me in, did the mammogram, put me back in the waiting room. And like within five minutes came back and said, we need to do an ultrasound. And, um, then while they did the ultrasound basically said, you need a biopsy. So, wow. And so how much time between then and the biopsy did you have? I had to wait like 10 days 
to go from that. I, it seems like it was about 10 days, um, maybe two weeks between um, the mammogram and the ultrasound and then the biopsy. And then, like I said, it, the biopsy was on Monday. I got the phone call on Wednesday and saw my surgeon Friday afternoon and my surgery was Monday morning. And, and you did a double mastectomy at that point, right? Well, the first thing was a lumpectomy. Um, so they did, oh. they removed both lumps and then you had um, two, I had two, two lumps. Okay. I had one are, are like both, kind of by my armpit and one more to the center. Are they both two a, were they two separate cancers? How was that? They were, um, they were both small oh. enough to keep me in the two a category. Um, I All would right. have been one B, um, but it, they did find cancer cells, not, not like an organized tumor, but they did find cancer cells in my sentinel lymph node. So they took five lymph nodes, I think. I think and it's five. I, I do know they try to preserve lymph nodes. 20 and 30 years ago, they, they wiped you tickle, clean. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I know that didn't work. People get lymphedema and it was I a mess. It. Oh, you do? Even mm-hmm. though they just took five. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Of course I do. <laughs> right. So I and, can't. And I say that because she is my health coaching client. And we laugh about some of the things that she's overcome. And we laugh because she has been triumphant and you've worked so hard. <laughs> I laugh and, because I'm like the textbook of if it can happen, it's going to yeah, happen right, to me. Right, so, right. Um, but yeah, I remember whenever we talked about um, what was going to happen during the lumpectomy and everything, she said, you know, we only take, we inject a dye. Mm-hmm that goes to the lymph nodes to identify the sentinel lymph node and then the next few, and we only take those and that drastically reduces your chance of lymphedema. But, um, my, my right are, and, and I'm right-handed too. Ugh. So, um, it's my entire, my right hand every morning is like little sausages. So, and like so, when I walk, if I walk yeah, outside, walk on yeah, the treadmill, I have hands, to keep that arm yeah, bent I can because understand. it will just mm-hmm. whoosh, well right up um what does sentinel mean is that where it's the it first is one it's the so first one. Okay. when they inject the dye they watch and see where the dye goes because that your lymph system is clearing that dye from your system and so it watches they inject it right in your nipple <laughs> and see, are you yeah. kidding me oh, oh and with oh. A, with an audience can i just tell you that breast cancer is like one mm. of the most just mortifying things because they're, they, they're, there's like five people in the room and you're just exposed. And I'm a very private person. And that was, I mean, I just cried during all of these things because they just bring people in. Okay. <laughs> and you're on I, I don't, I don't think that's dignified. It's I, not. I don't think that's with dignity. I mean, no, it's not. Cause we, we knew when we had a baby, we would start, we would lose some inhibition, right. you know, but that's, that's different. There's something about breasts our, because our lady parts were kind of separated by because there's a drape or there's a yeah. cloth, but your yeah, breasts no. are almost to your teeth. You no, know, I mean, they're, they're almost, just, they just, your, yeah. And, and they don't even like leave you covered until the last moment. Like they uh, wheel you in and just pop you out. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I just would lay there and cry. And my husband was like, never allowed to go with me. That's one of the things that I just don't understand. So is that a new, that wasn't a a COVID rule? No, no, because it was pre-COVID. It was, so they don't allow men in the breast center. Um, Mm. So I guess, I mean. And and I respect that decision. I see what they're doing. Right. But he's your husband. He's my husband. Mm. And, and we were past the point of mammogram. We were to the point of this is an injection into my breast before surgery. And I'm freaking out because I've had all of 
you know, five days to absorb the fact that I have cancer and I'm here because I have cancer. There is something growing in my body that should not be there. And oh my gosh, get it out. But I'm, it could kill me. So please Mm. at least let me hold my husband's hand. But he, they would just tell him to stay Mm. in the waiting room. And yeah, it was... Okay, now you're, you're making statements that Beth of 2023 doesn't make, but Beth of 2019 does. And one thing you said was, this cancer could kill me. I don't know if you feel that way anymore. I don't know I don't. if you feel, that's what I thought. Mm-mm. Now, if I had it to do all over again, um, I wouldn't do many of the things that I did in 2019. But, so that was the beginning of 2019. That was that was the beginning of it. And then, um, so got the um, results back so I had the surgery on a Monday, got the results on a Friday. My surgeon called. She said, it's about the best news that we could look for. We got clean margins. The only thing is we did find cells in a lymph node and it was encroaching on the border of the lymph node. And they could not definitively say that the cancer cells had not crossed the border. Now, knowing what I know now, by the time a, tu- a tumor organizes in your body, cancer cells are in your body. They are in your bloodstream. They have, they have traveled your body. Um, that's just where they found a place to set up camp. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. And so hearing that, oh my goodness, they might've escaped a lymph node. <gasps> we must go poison everything, you know, um, and not knowing that, of course, they're already in your blood. I mean, I know that now, but um so got the results on, on Friday. My, my surgeon really was iffy on whether or not I needed chemo. I mean, she was very, oh, very, she I said, you know, knew, I, mm, I never knew that. Yeah. She said, I don't know that you're going to need chemo, but, but talk to the oncologist and, and they'll, they'll decide. And uh, it was, that's right. Those are two different, two yeah, different things. People. And mm-hmm. she told me it was going to be that statement saying that it had encroached in the cell, in the lymph mm-hmm. node wall. Um, that, that was going to be the determining factor. And so that, um, I saw my oncologist like a week later and they recommended originally recommended eight rounds of chemo. Um, it was going to be the red devil. And that's I was the gonna big need a bad, port. That's, that's the big the bad, bad nasty. Mm. Um, I was going to need a port. Um, they had scheduled my, my port in install <laughs> no, I'm sure yeah, that's it what they call it's it, an but it's like an installation right. um right. they had scheduled that and they um th- I can't remember if they took a I don't know what they did but they did something to order an oncotype test I'm pretty sure that's what it's called and yeah, they tested word. for the um the gene and which I didn't have um, but why would they, it matter then Well, so on the gene, I think they test to see if I have the gene, I think they consider it more likely to recur. And they also wanted to know because I have two daughters. Um, So in their mind, because they believe that breast cancer is a genetic mutation, which I don't, um, they wanted, you know, they want to know, do you have the the mutation? And, and again, that's, we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, then they did the oncotype test and it came back with a a, a score of like 11 or something. And if you're under 25 or something, you have a very low chance of recurrence. And I was like, really, a really low chance of recurrence on whatever this test is. I don't, I, 
knowing what I know now, I don't know enough about that test to know if I put any stock in it at all or not. Oh, really? I, I just, I don't know. Oh, I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I think, I don't even know that I've thought it through until just right now mm-hmm. retelling the story. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I mm-hmm. believe in that anymore. But at the time it was like, yay, I scored mm-hmm. really low on a test. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that was ever a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And so they decided to only do four rounds of chemo and I didn't have to have the red devil. And so I didn't oh. have to have a port. Oh, so I did chemo. I did four rounds every three weeks. Um, and my dog keeps walking through. That's um, okay. I did. Hi. I did four rounds um, every three weeks. I started on April 1st. Um, wow. It's weird how I remember these things. I started on April 1st. And my last one was on June 5th of 2019. Okay, let me interrupt with something. I know from what I know about your story is if there were recurrence, you said no way in hell would your husband or you ever because it's a choice you both make. You know, because it's a family yep. event. Yep. You said I would never go through it again, and you didn't even have the red devil or eight rounds of chemo. Right. Right. You you had half of what they thought, and you didn't have the big guns, and you still say that. So oh, whatever yeah. you had was brutal. It it was. Don't talk and it down not, like it's no it, big. Like not, it's, well, it's, it's not red devil. It's not even. It's not even just the chemo. It's the stuff they give you with the chemo. And what it does to your body. So um, my family has a history of bad livers and, and, and liver issues. And I think chemo just dis- helped destroy my liver and mm. it's going to cause me problems down the road. But they give you um, a ton of steroids. Mm. They give you, um, they load you up on antibiotics all the time. Mm. And all these things are killing your gut. Why, they, why do you take antibiotics during chemo? They give you antibiotics during everything. I, I am, I'm almost certain they gave me antibiotics at one point, um, and I can't remember why, but they, they give you a whole IV was, full of stuff before they was, start the chemo. And then I had an allergic reaction to the chemo. Of course. And so, did. like, my, right. my blood pressure completely oh, bottomed out, and there, everybody, every medical professional in the room and some – came from other rooms, like were surrounding me. They had me on oxygen. They pulled everything out. They were pumping me full of steroids because my body was freaking out. I like turned my whole, my whole body turned beet red. My mom was freaking out. It was the one that my husband wasn't there with me. It was Mm. my mother. And she was just like, this is not okay. (laughs) So what caused that? They say that if you're going to have an allergic reaction, it's normally the first or second treatment. Well, mine was third. And, and then it happened again on the fourth. So again, textbook, if it's going to happen weird, it's going to happen. So you really can't tolerate chemo. The truth. No, no. And then after the chemo is over, they give you this, this horrible stuff. It's called new, new last, I'd have to look, I think it's new last, but it, it, the whole purpose is it's supposed to help with white blood cell, keep your white blood cell count. So you don't get neutropenic, right. Or whatever that term is. is. It is torture. Oh, that, wow. It, it makes your bones feel like they're splintering in your body and trying to poke through. Wow. And it was worse for me in my ribs and my spine. Wow. And you so can't pain every day. No, everything, laying down, sitting down, mm. everything hurt. And so we tried a hammock to just see if it would take the pressure off. But just breathing, breathing was so incredibly painful. And, and again, this is four treatments. 
Some four. people have yes. eight is what you're saying. Yep. During that time, because you you were drinking the Kool-Aid and we'll just mm-hmm. say the collective Kool-Aid is what Western medicine says yep. and doesn't give you an option. It doesn't sound like they sat down and educated you and said, now Beth, there are things you can do with your diet to mitigate oh, cancer. No, nobody not mentioned only did that. they not give you, here are things you could do. I specifically asked if there were things that I could do and was told if it sounds good, eat it. And the whole oh, if it time, sounds good, eat if it. it sounds good, eat it. If, if it well, sounds like something you can eat, eat it. If you want ice cream, eat ice cream. If you, it may be the reason you were in an oncologist's office. I mean, yeah, for all of us, I'm not, I'm right. not pointing a finger. No, I'm saying we're absolutely. all there. And, and not only that, they have a snack cart in the chemo room. Don't even tell me. I don't want to know. It's going to make me mad. Oh, Skittles. Oh, there and, you go. I mean, candy. They had all of the like crackers. Didn't Skittles Did, just get on the carcinogenic list like in the uh, last few weeks? Like, I, I'm sure. I think I, there's some I, chatter about it. It's I looking back now and looking and seeing what was on that. And people would bring in like large you know, frappuccinos. And, and I'm just thinking now that I know, I'm just thinking all they did was just bring in cancer cancer feeding sugar, you know? Um, So this is when I get skeptical and my husband fussed at me today because of something I said on another podcast I'm on and it's not medical podcast at all. But um, he said, I am no friend of the cancer industry because I said, they don't want to cure cancer, (laughs) you know? And a lot of people say that flippantly, but You've walked the path. So I'm not saying that because I've walked through it. I've seen my mother-in-law die from it. Not from the cancer, y'all, from the treatment. From the treatment. My my second mother-in-law, he remarried. She died not from the cancer, but the treatment. And so the treatment, and I know people are saying, well, Lisa, this is, it's this or death. No, not really. And no, you, your position really changed on that. So w- with a 2A diagnosis now, knowing what you know, would you have had chemo? No, no, that, I would I, not. I would didn't not even take my you mind, a second. My my mindset at the time was anything I can do to keep it from coming back, so that my family doesn't have to deal with this sure. again. And, and it wasn't even just me, because the moment you're diagnosed with cancer, you have cancer the rest of your life. You know, I mean, like it doesn't ever go out of your mind. It's always you're monitored yeah. forever. Yeah. You're on medication, you're, you are a cancer patient. And so it wasn't even just me. It was my family's not going through this again. And so bring out the big guns, do whatever you want. Just tell me it's not going to come back. And they were like, Oh, if we do all this, it's not coming back. So we did the chemo. We did, um, they started me on a hormone blocker tamoxifen, which actually now that I know it kills your liver. Great. Mm. So I've already, you know, I've already got the, the, I had fatty liver anyway, and I've got the family history and now they're giving me something that makes it worse. But when I ask if it makes it worse, oh no, it's fine. It's not fine. Um, I had a double mastectomy at age so 41. You, you, okay. So you had the lumpectomy. Then what made you mm. go back and have the double mastectomy? Um, because I had multiple tumors um, oh. and I had dense breast tissue and they, I forget all the things now, but they kind of so made a it bad like, thing. Apparently, breast, oh, because I, I, I have it, and so that's why after a thermography, a therm, my thermography once, I did, you know, I had to fight my way through to not have the mammogram, but I did have uh, the ultrasound, and he said, "Well, you've dead, dense breast tissue." He said, 
mammogram doesn't benefit you anyway. But I have to tell you, I recommend a mammogram. So they they said that the dense breast tissue maybe is harder to identify okay. future tumors in future mammograms that they wanted me to have for the rest of my okay. life. And so let's just, just kinda, let's just take your breasts off. Yeah. And that's, and that's here's, their remedy. But here's the weird thing. I was totally willing. Like well, now be, I look be, at it and I think, what was I doing? But well, at the time they make you terrified. think they're on fire. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and let's, let me go ahead and set something else up about you. You're a mom to, at that point, two young girls mm-hmm. and this is hell on a family and people yeah. don't, don't give a long, not that we don't give a long leash or rope and, you know, mercy to people. We just think, oh, it's cancer, it's chemo, it's radiation, no big deal. Y'all, it's a huge deal. And it's very well, disruptive. They, it is, and but it's so commonplace. I mean, yeah, you think about how prevalent cancer is these days. And when you hear cancer, you immediately think, well, this person's having surgery. This person's having chemo. This person's having yeah. radiation that's, because that's true. that is the standard of care. And, and so... It's no longer, it used to be, oh my gosh, chemo. And now it's like, okay, uh-huh. they have cancer, so they're doing chemo. And it's just, it, it, yeah, it's, it's like a run to Walmart. Yeah, yeah, everybody does it. And let me go ahead and say that we're recording this in um, October of 2023. Suzanne Summers just passed away yesterday, the 15th mm-hmm. of October, recording the 16th. She had cancer for 23 years and took mm-hmm. this much chemo and radiation. And those watching on YouTube can see. Those listening by podcast, zero. She had none. I didn't know that. And she, and I know there was pushback. I know they thought she Mm -hmm. was nuts. Y'all, she lived 23 years and lived good years Mm -hmm. because you, you know, that's what I'm also saying by you telling me your story. And I've heard it from so many people. And I am so sorry for those of you who have been through this and have watched people suffer. It's a tough life. It's it. The quality of life is bad. During, mm-hmm. during those that those times of chemo, radiation, double it's mastectomy. Not, it's not just during that time, though. It's it's what it does to your body for years. I oh, mean, I'm out of away. it. I'm, I'm coming out of it now, but not through any kind of treatment I received from a doctor or from any kind of direction I received from a doctor. I'm coming out of it because... I'm of people outside of the medical community who have chosen a different way and been successful. And, but I did, I did the double mastectomy. I did the reconstruction. So what month Um, are we at now? We started August. Okay. We've gone from April, the first treatment. Diagnosed late February um, surgery. I think it was like the very beginning of March started chemo April 1st, finished Mm -hmm. June 5th. And I had my double mastectomy on um, August 14th. Wow. And, and then, then reconstruction had, okay. in November. Wow. Another surgery. Another surgery. So steroids, antibiotics, all the things. And the um, reason you're pointing that out is gut health is affected. Gut health. Yeah. Your future health. Steroid right. use complicates your body's ability to fight the infection when the big one comes. Well, and so that's what I think is so weird is that they give you steroids, which 
and compromise your immune system. Yes. So then to counteract that, they give you antibiotics, which destroys your gut health. Which, and it's like, what are you which, doing? And wait, which compromises your immune system. Which compromises your yeah. immune system. Yeah. So um, then, so that was, I had the reconstruction um, right before Thanksgiving. So mid-November. And then on New Year's Eve, I had a total hysterectomy. Oh, my word. Because if 2019 couldn't get any worse, <laughs> you thought you'd leave with a bang. Why did you up, have why did you have a total hysterectomy at that age? Um, because I was told that my cancer was hormone receptive, um, both estrogen and progesterone, and that um, basically eliminating estrogen from my body was my like last punch of it's not going to come back. Um is that they true or false? Really, I, we don't know. We don't no, know, right? I don't we think don't know. we know. I don't think we know um, for sure enough to do that to a 41-year-old. But right. um, Had but, you planned on any more children at that point? No. No, okay. I hadn't. Um, I, I had back trouble having my first one and ended up having, you know, more problems with the second. And um, we had made that decision years before but it's not just do I want to have kids it's do I want to have a normal progression into you know the rest of my life because it wrecks havoc on your hormones and your body and so January 1st you woke uh, 2020 you woke up in menopause yeah well I had been in menopause since April because of the chemo wait no why is that I didn't know that chemo puts you put basically puts your body into menopause it's chemically chemically induced menopause so you're having hot flashes, brain fog. Mm-hmm. Oh my. And you were 42? 40. 40. 40. I was, four- I turned 41 after I finished chemo. Okay. Oh man. Cause you don't really get the right to hate your family until you're about 52 in menopause. You know, well, and 41. You do it gradually. <laughs> right. And you do it gradually. You go through a progression. Yeah. Um, right. To get to that point. And when right. you go through chemo, you're now it, your ovaries could kick back up and, and things could start back up again, but not in the time frame between when I finished chemo and when I had my oophorectomy. So, okay. Wow. Um, that's a lot. And, and the other thing is, is the, the, um, the hormone blocker, the tamoxifen, I, I'm pretty sure that, that they said that it increases your risk of cervical cancer and either, either cervical or ovarian. I'm not so they laughing, just take it out. but you, you see what I'm saying? I'm saying, I know. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, oh gosh, have you, do you follow Dr. Thomas Lodi, L-O-D-I? Have we discussed Mm-mm. him? Oh, Mm-mm. girl, follow him tonight. Let me put him down in the show notes. He is, I believe, an M, I'm pretty sure he's an MD. And his post today was, don't get a mammogram. And I thought, yeah. ooh, I could see the high heels being thrown at him now. Because if I even mention that people need to consider the options, People remind me they were diagnosed with a mammogram. I don't deny that people. No, I'm just saying there is a risk in a mammogram. And he said, why are we giving people? Because it's not just one mammogram. Then you have to go back for a second one. Right. Then so many of my clients have them every six months. He said, then you're putting people at a a lifetime risk of radiation Mm -hmm. that causes what? Cancer. And he said well, he likes ultrasound. He doesn't think thermography is at 100% yet. He likes what an ultrasound um, or sonography does. So there's the, well, I'm just the saying there's is, options. 
once you once you get in the pipeline, now you're getting yeah. um, annual yeah. CTs, bone scans, PET wow. scans, all of these things that continuously, you know, expose radiation. you to radiation. radiation. And then the first time they see something wonky, you know what they want to do? They want to do biopsies and they want to do all these things that are invasive. And all of that leads to more inflammation, which compromises your immune system and keeps your body from being able to do anything naturally to protect yourself. Um, so I had all of these things, all, all the things, all the surgeries. Um, I took all the medicine they wanted me to take. I was on hormone blockers. Did you lose um, your hair and oh, gain yeah, the weight? Totally bald. I remember you had the weight totally gain because that's why you came to me. Totally yeah, bald. To- mm. Totally bald. Um, I still don't have eyebrows. <laughs> I mean, they're there, but they came back like hey, they're so see-through. I, I got a girl and she's from Conway. <laughs> she comes to Little Rock. She can paint them suckers on so quick. That'd be great. But like yeah. they came back. I didn't have, yeah. um, I lost eyelashes, eyebrows, yeah. everything. Destroys your fingernails. Um, oh, really? I had, yeah, anything I had of growth. On anything that grows. Wow. Um, which, you know, I don't, I don't know when a good time to say this is, but anyone who's going to do chemo fast for 48 hours, 24 to 48 hours before a chemo treatment, because your healthy cells will go kind of into hibernation mode and it, your cancer cells will gobble up the the chemo if you choose chemo um definitely fast around chemo okay (laughs) so and one person that you've used as a resource is one of my guests dr thomas seafried he's the foremost authority on the metabolic method um Mm -hmm. uh, approach to cancer and he just says cancer is not a a genetic disease it's not a somatic mutation Uh, not a somatic mutation meaning it's a metabolic it's a it's a disorder of the mitochondria of of a a normal cell that's just it it's not a cancer cell is not some foreign invader that comes into your body and takes over this is you it is a cell that makes up your body that's been in your body the whole time and something went wrong with it and something went wrong with it because of the things that we do, that we put in our body, that we put on our body, the environment that we create for that cell, um, it's damaged. And it's, so it's not, everybody treats it like, oh, you've got to fight this battle and this, Uh this invader and get rid of it. And it's not, you have to heal your body. And there's nothing about poisoning your body with chemo or hitting it with the power of the sun and radiating your body, which I did not do. And it's like the only decision that I'm proud of these days Um, (laughs) or, you know, cutting your body out. None of that is allowing your body to heal. It's treating it like a foreign invader. This is your body. It's, it's my breast cell that something went wrong with it. And rather than trying to heal my body, I destroyed it. Not knowing though. I mean, not knowingly. I mean, and, and that's why the only way the I, entire medical community. <laughs> but the so. only reason I could convince you to do this podcast, because people need to know, Beth at first was reticent and said, nah, I'm not available, you know, don't want to do it. it in the beginning. You, you thought you didn't have a story to tell. Yeah. And what we want to do is just give people um, the information to enable them to to do your own research. This, of course, is not medical advice. We're telling no. you Beth's story. Right. And what worked for Beth? So you, you can't really criticize it. It was her story. She lives it. You you could do you can interpret it and live it any way you want. But now let's go a step further. People don't realize that invasive procedures again <laughs> are difficult on the body, and why it's not always it's not just going to get an ice cream cone at Sonic when you mm-hmm. have a biopsy. 
and tell right. people why. So after all the surgeries, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to lose all this weight. Cause I had gained all this weight through the surgeries. Cause again, every procedure comes with steroids when I and had those, menopause. Yeah. And <laughs> menopause. So when I had those allergic reactions to the uh, chemo, they like doubled and tripled up on the um, steroids. I mean, just like mm. overloaded me. Like I couldn't even yes. stay awake every time. So, yes. I mean, I had just been flooded with steroids. Plus, <sighs> another thing is I, I've had a bad knee since sixth grade. I have taken anti-inflammatories every day of my life since sixth grade. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. I had, I, I was ripe for all of these things. I am so excited to introduce you to a new sponsor of the Lisa Fisher Said podcast, but not a new name to those of you in central Arkansas. You will say, huh, yes, I know about this. It's Marlsgate. Marlsgate is the property just 15 minutes from downtown Little Rock. That is the Greek revival property built in the 1800s, guys, and it is still maintained in mint condition. Now, only the third owners have it. Martha Ellen and Bo Talbot bought it in 2017 and with tender love, take care of it because you know what? It's their personal home and they can open it to you, to the right person who wants to have their event at a treasure. That's what this property is. And they maintain the grounds, the house, they can seat up to or accommodate up to 500 people with the, the kitchen alone is 2,500 square feet because it is a working kitchen for events and things. Guys, it's a beautiful property. Go to their website. You can see the video that I produced and you can find out more. If you want to have an event there, reach out to me. I can get you with the Talbots. I'm having an event there in December, a cocktail party, because Christmas at Marlsgate will be off the charts this year. It's back and it's better than ever. Marlsgate.com. I love it when people do what I say. That's the name of my podcast, Lisa Fisher Said. Why'd you do it? Because Lisa Fisher Said. Well, that's what people say now when they go to Akel's Carpet One. Akel's Carpet One has three locations in central Arkansas. Now, the Akel family's been in the flooring business a long time. They are under different names in different states. So you may be shopping with them where you are. But I'm putting my focus on the folks here because Richard Akel, you might see him at one of the stores. You might see Erica. Courtney might be at the store in Florida. Yeah, these people know what they're doing when it comes to flooring. And I know that because I'm thinking of two people right now who just built brand new homes, used Akel's Carpet One for everything. Such satisfied clients, customers. They will definitely be back. Uh, my producer, Darren Clanton, used Akel's for all the beautiful flooring. He said nobody could beat the price that they have. They uh, provide the installation service after the sale. Even the tile in his home is from Akel's Carpet One. And another family there in North Arkansas, it's a long way, but Erica Akel went there and spent time with them, walked through the property, and all of their flooring just came from Akel's Carpet One. You need to do the same thing. You will be a satisfied customer for life, and you'll probably start a podcast so you can tell people about it. Akelscarpetone.com. So when it, when the final surgery was over, I'm like, okay, I've got to lose this weight. All my surgeries are done. I'm going to start working out. Well, this was January of 2020. So guess what happened two months later? COVID. Mm, I read the newspaper. And, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, 
you know, dealing with, I've now got kids at home. I have a special needs child that I'm now trying to teach and work a full-time job and mm. my hormones, what's left of them are just either all over the place or nowhere at all. So and you had no relief, whereas I'm living the testosterone no. replacement dream and Mm-mm. and the oh, no. estrogen. Don't uh, mention, you had no- don't mention hormone replacement therapy at all to my oncologist. I will get fired as a patient because yeah. it's because there's yeah. the door. I mean, if you there's do, the door. there's the door. Yeah. yeah. Not only will I not treat you, but none of my none of my partners will either. Wow. So um so i'm i'm the whole time i mean and i I, i'm not the only person who gained weight in 2020 i mean let's be real but i i have i was so skinny as a teenager people thought i was anorexic i mean like i i started gaining weight in college and you know it crept up on me and i was by no means skinny mini when all this happened but i gained easily 50 pounds between probably more than that between January of 2020 and when I talked to you in June of 2022. So like easy, 50 pounds. Um, I've lost the weight before though. I gained a lot of weight when I had my first baby. I had back surgery when she was 17 days old and I gained a lot of weight from, cause I was still carrying the pregnancy weight. And plus then I had back surgery and trying to nurse a baby. And so I gained a lot of weight during that. And then, um, you know, just trying to, I I had, I had done Weight Watchers. I knew how to lose weight. I had worked out. I knew how to lose weight. I knew, I knew all the things and that didn't work anymore. Um, And everybody says it's different to try and lose weight during menopause or after menopause, but it's, it's when you've got menopause on top of all the damage that you just did to your body through intentional poisoning which is what chemo targeted, but intentional poisoning plus all of the surgeries and all of the things that come with that. Nothing was working like nothing. I could not. And, and I was so heavy at that point, like my knees hurt. I couldn't work out. I mean, nothing, nothing that I had ever done worked. And so I had dabbled in intermittent fasting, but I had never changed what I ate. Um, I changed when I ate and I did it for a little bit, um, in 2020, in 2021, um, I, I tried it and I just did on my own reading things and it would, I lost maybe 10 pounds and then, you know, it stopped and I got discouraged and I probably gained 30 back. Um, and so by the time I messaged you, um, I was pretty much just completely and totally desperate. And I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I remember like crying while I was texting you just saying, I've just got to try one more thing. I mean, I had, and it, what's funny is the month before I had finally just decided, okay, this is me. Um, this is what I'm going to be like, and I can't mm-hmm. fix it. Um, mm-hmm. Cancer destroyed my body. I'm in mm-hmm. menopause nothing I'm trying works. This is me. Embrace it. I had finally gone and bought clothes in my two X size, um, which, and I was just trying to, trying to accept that this was who I was going to be. And then I talked to you and started intermittent fasting. And even then though, like, I know that you probably remember when I tried to dabble in carnivore and it like made me depressed. And so I didn't change a ton of what I ate. I, I, there were some things that I didn't do. Like I, and I can't remember, I mean, I was, I was a little pickier about my ingredients. Um, but I, I didn't go real hardcore, 
um, in, in changing what I ate. I focused mainly on changing when I ate. Um, and I lost, I think I lost 25 pounds between June and probably like November. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then it just kind of, you know, leveled out. It was holidays and all the things. And I maybe gained five of that back. Um, and then in April, I had some pain in my back and I told my oncologist about it. And so we did a CT and there was something in my lung and there were two in, involved lymph nodes that were abnormal. And so first of all, I didn't really get a phone call giving me my results. I had the, I had the scans on a Monday and on Friday, I still hadn't gotten any information. And mm -hmm. so I called, I called up and, and they just posted them to my, my, mm -hmm. um, online thing. And so I got to read the word, um, metastasized. I, I, I just read that on my report. Nobody called and talked to me. And so wow. then I called back and I said, mm -hmm. somebody needs to call me right now because basically this report says I have stage four cancer and it's in my lung. And mm -hmm. so they called and really didn't, I mean, I had them on speaker and my husband listened to the same thing and neither one of us felt any hope that it wasn't stage four in my lungs. And so how can they, they make that decision just with the scan though, without, without looking at the tissue itself under um, a microscope? I think, be, well, I, th I think that when they see an unexplained mass that wasn't there before, plus two lymph nodes that are doing something wonky in the near vicinity that they just, I mean, that's what they're looking for. So that's what they see. Um, yeah. I will say it was my first set of scans post COVID because I did have COVID in January of 2021. And oh, I had and not had scans. Leave, mm -hmm. leave, leave tissue in the lung. In yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. And so um, the first thing they wanted to do was a biopsy. And of course, um, when they, when they called and said it, basically it's back. I looked at my husband and I said, look, I did all the things. I left mm -hmm. the only stone I left unturned was radiation. And they really, I was, I really didn't need it because I had the double mastectomy. If I hadn't mm -hmm. had the double mastectomy radiation probably would have been necessary. But, um, I was like, I did everything they told me to do. They basically said, you know, first I had a low recurrence risk on the oncotype score. I did a double mastectomy. I did four rounds of chemo. I'm on the hormone blocker. I did the hysterectomy. There was nothing left for me to do. Um, and they said that it wouldn't come back and I'm less than four years out and they're telling me I'm stage four. And so, like I said, we got that phone call. I'm, I'm shaking just sitting here talking about it. Like, I don't know if you I can hear it. Because I was on the other end when you called me. Yeah. And so I just, I said, I did everything. I did everything they wanted me to do. And they said it, it wouldn't come back. And I'm less than four years out and it's back. And I'm going to put my, I'm, I have to put my family through the experience of I have cancer, but I am not putting my family through mama's, mama's bald again and all those things. So I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And of course it's Friday. So there's, there's no doctors and, and there's no phone calls. And so I just started reading. I said, what else can I do? because I'm not doing that again, because it didn't work. 
you called me and said, I will not do this to my family again either, because you said it was a family event at that point. And you said, I can't do this to my husband or my children. Mm-hmm. And I, what I told you was, I stand by anything you choose, because it's your body and your choice. And then you gave me names. And okay, so, I may have done that, but people, I was not giving medical advice. <laughs> she was not giving medical advice, but she gave me names of people who'd been did. in a similar situation who had yeah. been told you have stage four cancer and you have, you know, months to live and they chose a different way. And I had to find a different way because I wasn't going to do that same way again. And your husband was completely on board. Yeah. Yeah. He was totally on board. Um, He couldn't watch me go through that again. Because, you know, people get pushback, Beth, from their families. And I didn't tell the rest of my family that at first because they weren't as close to it. They didn't see it. That's Um, right. But he knew. He knew that, you know, if you and he he was of the same opinion. If you do everything they say to do and more. You know, I mean, like you take mm-hmm. every step they even offer and you say, do it because I'm never putting anybody through this again. And in less than four years, it's back. You know, and that's why you were skeptical or you were not on board with the biopsy. And that's when you called me and said, I don't want to do the biopsy. And we talked about it because biopsy goes in and takes a needle and goes into the the growth, the tumor, the cells, mm-hmm. right? Pulls it out. And it punctures the membrane of the tumor. So it's right. like- you, you know, just I mean, spilled. if you puncture an air mattress, air right. comes out. You go and puncture the 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 line or the outside Whatever, of the cell. Yeah, I mean, in, of the right. tumor, things are going to come out. Now, knowing what I know now, they were out anyway, right? I mean, like, yeah, that, that's just the way cancer develops. It's in your bloodstream, and it just hasn't set up camp. But, um, the and but but you know, I let them do one biopsy. I let them. I let well, them do you, the bronchoscopy. Well, because you took- acquiesced, you agreed because they were going to put you on a bus and send you to Siberia. I mean, <laughs> not that they threatened you, but they were not warm to you and well, you're challenging they, them. Well, I, I, I was still learning. I think you I were, agreed you, to the first one because I was terrified yeah, and yeah. I wanted to know what I was dealing with. And then I get in there and, and it's, it's a bronchoscopy biopsy. So they're going in through, Does that, through the nose. My, um, Does that go through I, the nose? No, it was, they knocked me out and went down my throat and. Oh, your throat. Okay. I think so. Some people are awake and they do it through their nose, but that's. Okay. No, nah, oh, I was out. Um, I, and, and I don't know, maybe it, I don't, I don't yeah. remember. Um, they give you some pretty hard stuff. Um, but they went in and they, they only biopsied the lymph nodes in my lung. And the, the surgeon who did it just said, you know, if you didn't have a history of breast cancer, I would not be doing this. These do not look scary to me. If you did not, it, I know why they're doing the, why they're, why they're asking for it because of your and history, this was but the two spots on the lung. This that was could the have been two lymph post, nodes. Okay. The two lymph nodes that could have been mm-hmm. close COVID too. Yeah. But what it wasn't was the, the, what they're called the lesion or whatever it, they, they didn't biopsy that. Oh, that's right. Cause it's in the subplural space of my lung and it was, it was too small to biopsy with a needle guided or a CT guided needle biopsy was what I was told. Okay. All right. So they did the two lymph nodes and they were clear of cancer, no cancer. 
they said there was some kind of like waste material in there from like dying cells or whatever, but it was not cancer. And he, I mean, he, they look, they, they pull a sample and they look while you're in the OR, they look. Wow. And he said, I see nothing, but I'm going to send it all off. You know, but he okay. said, I saw nothing. And so we went back for that report, final report from the oncologist and was then told that I needed to have a CT guided needle biopsy on the lesion that hasn't that's grown. Right. Yeah. That's the same size as it was when it was too small to do a CT guided needle biopsy. But now we need to do a CT guided needle biopsy. And I said, no, I didn't want that. Um, <laughs> no, thanks. So they did a PET scan. So I got radiated. Um, well, but you fought that and you didn't do it immediately. You said, give me, let me buy some time. Yeah. So I asked if I could, I, I wanted to talk I wanted to think about it. They said they thought it was, um, oh, sarcoidosis. So it's an inflammatory disease and blah, blah, blah. And so they said they wanted to do a PET scan because, and they told me this, they said inflammation shows up on a PET scan. So they use a PET scan, not just to find cancer through a metabolic process. I might Mm -hmm. add a PET scan Mm -hmm. identifies cancer through a metabolically active group of cells. They okay. basically give you a glucose lookalike substance oh. and the cancer cells go and that's how they uh-huh. find cancer metabolically. But anyway, the inflammation will also show up on a PET scan. And so okay. sarcoidosis is inflammation. They said we need mm-hmm. to do a PET scan to see if it's anywhere else. So they do the PET scan, same spots, the two lymph nodes, which now one of those lymph nodes is angry as crap. It is lighting mm-hmm. up. It's, it's gotten bigger. Wow. I mean, it's freaking out because they went and poked at it. Right. But the thing in my back, same size, um, it was somewhat metabolically active. It wasn't near as metabolically active as the thing they poked a hole in. Um, And she still wanted to do a biopsy. And I said no. And I I went to the pulmonologist and he agreed it was okay at this point to watch it because we'd had two scans. And this was about six months ago from this point. That was like in April, right? This was by now we're in May. Okay. And what I want people to hear is you said no. People listening, you can say no. They're not going to show up at your door and throw mud in your face. I mean, I will say it is really hard to say no. Well, you have a husband who supported you. Yes. And it is very hard. But it is very hard because it's hard enough because. I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor. I'm a computer nerd. I, mm. I mean, I, what I know about this is these books back here in the background. I have a whole library now that I've read and, and people, articles that I've read them all cover yeah, really, to cover. It's annoying. Um, <laughs> it's my awesome. sticky notes sticking up out of, yeah. All of them. Yeah. um, but this isn't something they tell you is an option and it's not something they support as an option. And, and I get as, as I mean, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I deal with computers. I deal with logic and I get wanting to know as much information as you can have, but there's also that, you know, the diminishing returns of you're causing more damage than doing good. And, and that's how you so felt. That's how I felt. I felt like you're yeah. just damaging my body yeah. more and more. Making and at this angrier point, and angrier. Those cells angrier, angrier, angrier. And we already knew, okay, what if it is? I'm not going to let you give me chemo again. 
Right. I'm not going to let you give me radiation. And I'm didn't not. You, there's, you know. Didn't you walk in with the Estrogen Matters book or, or something <laughs> that made them go, the laugh that you scoffed at you in your face? Oh, there was no laughter. There was anger and voice shaking, hands shaking of, no, don't even consider that. Don't even and talk about that. The, the Estrogen Matters book gives you the option of even breast cancer survivors, and that's what you are, a warrior, to, because we're realizing, um, I, I mean, what feeds the cancer? We may have, There may have been some erroneous science. I mean, science changes. Yeah. As well, we not only that, it's not only breast cancer survivors can have hormone replacement therapy, according to this. It's hormone receptive breast cancer survivors. Right. Be- because, because I contacted the author. You did. She did. I did. You, she called I did. me and said, because uh, I told her about the book, like mm-hmm. on a Friday, you got it that day, knowing you. I did. I then did. I ordered it you that said, day. I want Avra Blooming. Is that like the person's name and somebody else? I don't know. It's probably over here. Oh, yeah. I may have left it over there because yeah. I didn't want to make I anybody have, angry by I, having it on my desk. <laughs> one's a PhD and one's an MD. And you mm-hmm. somehow got in touch with the PhD. I reached out like. to the publishing company. That's right. And they put me in touch with the PhD and she put me in touch with the um, oncologist that that wrote it. And wow, he's and I said, you know, look, I'm reading it and I see the study saying breast cancer survivors, but it doesn't specifically call out hormone receptive breast cancer survivors. He said, well, let me send you a link to some papers that do. Wow. And he sent me the information. And so I I had it all. I I think I even took a picture of it the morning I was going to see the oncologist and said, here's what I'm taking to the oncologist. And then I walked out and forgot it because my head. I remember that's right. Yeah. And but I had the book and they were angry that I was reading the book. Angry. Basically said the author was trying to kill people by spreading that kind of disinformation. And um, and I said, well, I wanted to talk to you about it because I do feel like you know my case, right? Like you have my yeah. charts. This person hasn't seen my charts. I just wanted to know how this might apply to me. And there was just – I'm sure that a lot of it was concern, but it was it was anger, I think, at the author for putting this information out there and frustration at me for dabbling into that. And um, basically, if you pursue that, you're not my patient and no one here would treat you. And this is the, for those listening, it's the only game in town for cancer treatment. Truth. Yeah. I mean, if the truth be known, but what you did then, so that was in May, mm-hmm. you said you can shove your little scans up your butt. You didn't say that to mm-hmm. them, of course. No. But I you said, took the bull by the horns, I Beth, did. and you changed your life. I said, you cannot do anything invasive. I'm, I'm tired of being poked. And then they turned around and sent me to a GI because I have a wonky liver. And the first thing the GI doc wanted to do was, hey, let's do a biopsy of your liver. No talk about blood tests. No talk about ultrasound. No talk about anything. Let's stick a needle in it. And I said, wow. No. Wow. No. At that and point, I literally, I said no. And so they did a blood test. They wanted to stick me twice in the same day. I told them no on that. <laughs> I was like, Girl, you're getting hey, good at this no thing. Oh, they get I they I I'm sure there's like a frowny face next to my name on the chart now, but they they wanted to do some of the tests at the GI office and then send me across town because there was one test they can't do. And I said, Well, can they do all of them? Because you're only poking me once. I have one vein. I have lymphedema in this arm. You can't do this right. arm. I have one vein. You get because one shot. Because of what I did, I have lymphedema yeah, because in this of what arm. I did, this is all I got. So you get one shot. And they just looked at me like you're crazy. Um So I wouldn't let them do anything invasive. I said, look, I'm not going to do chemo again. If you're really that worried about it, go take it out. 
I would rather you go take out the thing in my lung than poke me and make it angry. If, if you are that convinced that it's bad, go get it. We'll talk about that. I will talk about letting you go get it, but I'm not going to let you just poke me and see what it is. And um, the pulmonologist agreed that it would be okay to wait and monitor it. And so I did have another pet in August and um, the thing in the, that they haven't biopsied is exactly the same size. It is much less metabolically active, but that's because my entire body is um, the, the lymph, the smaller lymph node is not even showing up on the pet anymore. It's perfectly fine. The other one is like half the size that it was after they hacked it off and it went um, and is much less metabolically active. My whole body, like the baseline um, standard uptake value in my whole body is less. But let's talk about what you did. That's when you said, I'm mad as hell not taking it anymore. Mm -hmm. Did you do a five day fast that first time? I, yes. I think I was a couple hours shy of a full five days. Um, Because we know the science is saying they're Mm -hmm. different depending on which paper you've read, five days, seven days, 10 days. We know Mm -hmm. that cancer dies. It starves because cancer, that's what the whole somatic metabolic origin's about. It's about feeding it. You didn't feed it. And the thing is, is when I did that, I, I chose, so I had eaten Thursday evening. And then I got those results Friday when you don't have much of an appetite when that happens. And so I immediately said, okay, based on that study that you and I had talked about before the five to seven day fast, um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm starting a fast and I just right then. So I had started unknowingly on Thursday night. Yep. I was like, no. And so I ate again Tuesday, I guess, Tuesday night, I had some bone broth. Um, but in the meantime, so I start, I started it just based on, I know this is good for me. I know that my body will start, you know, autophagy and it will start, you know, using the bad cells as, and, and I knew all that, but in the meantime, I talked to cancer fighter Owen and you, who and I had on my podcast, started, yeah. yes, yeah. who I just started you. I think you had either just interviewed him or you were just about to, I, when I all hadn't of interviewed him yet. I just said, I yeah. found this guy, you got in touch with him and he I got, got in touch with him on with Instagram and he, like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. do all these things. And so, and then, and he, I think he pointed me towards a couple books and then I read those, which pointed me towards more, which ended up, yeah. that's not even half the library, the rest of it's across the room. Um, and, and just to be, just to be perfectly honest, I probably haven't read all of these cover to cover. I use the index and the glossary and I say, okay, yeah, this applies see to what, me in this. Yeah, I understand because that. And then I hop around and then I go back yeah. and I read them. But I mean, just, you know, if anybody's looking for information, don't feel like you got to read a whole book, go pick out what applies to you. But yeah. so I started talking to people, started following people, started reading things. And I said, okay, when I break this fast, I, I have to give up the carbs I, there's no sugar. There's, you know, I can't do, and, and I had been diagnosed after I started working with you with Hashimoto's, I knew I should give up gluten Mm -hmm. and all the things. And I just Mm -hmm. hadn't. And, um, so I, I have no, no carbs. Um, I, I'm less than 20 net carbs a day. Um, and you're checking your ketones every day. Yes. So I check my blood sugar and my ketones. I sometimes will all wear the um, continuous glucose the monitor, monitor but I work out so much now that I sweat them off. So I don't wear them and as how much, much anymore. Okay. What's your weight loss now? 
Because you're um, back I, down to your skin, skinny weight. I'm a total of 70 pounds wow. since um, June of last year. Wow. I, it's a total of 50 pounds since Just April. Just since April. Yeah. In yeah. six months time. Because yeah. you you went at it, sister. Y'all, she works so, out like twice a day. I mean, it's kind of getting silly. It's, it is kind of getting silly. And I don't know <gasps> I love if you can see this, but I'm going to show you. So this is May of last year. Okay. That is May. This is almost one year ago to the day. That's yeah. one year ago. And wow. I'm like, yeah. Not the Darren is going to want those. He's. We're going to do your publicity <laughs> photo. We're going to do the metamorphosis of Beth because we need the skinny Beth now. Uh, well, because you're so wearing now, mediums, right? That's a medium yeah, shirt, so medium pants. I, just, I mean, I, I I just bought medium leggings um, this weekend. I, I knew it. A, I, I have them on right now. I have a nice little shirt on, but I got my leggings on because I got kickboxing after this. So, um, but yeah, I have I bought my first medium t-shirt that's awesome um, so i steal from my girls closets now i love so, it well um, you're my egg lady so i see you more than you do we just you do see me talk. But and i've seen was, you shrink and it but it wasn't it wasn't just shrinking the, i did that five-day fast and and then started eating right so i started i started the fast on thursday i started eating on tuesday and i woke up thursday and i looked at my husband and i said I haven't had any hot flashes. Okay. Now and I had, I had amazing. done medication after medication, after supplement, after everything trying to, because I was having so many hot flashes, like every, every five day, minutes, every hour. Yeah. yeah. I, it was all the time. I couldn't sleep. I was constantly covers off, covers on covers. It was horrible. Um, I had bought all new pajamas, just trying to find anything to keep me cool. Um, but with, within the, I, and I couldn't even remember, when it stopped, I just didn't realize it till Thursday, but that was like what April 20th. I don't have them. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I, I giving up the, the carbs and going low carb, cutting out the sugar, cutting out the seed oils, cutting out all those things, cutting out the snacking, all, all of that. I don't have hot flashes anymore. And exercise is part of your routine. Um, yes. I know you have a faith because we know that that has something to do with also our ability to make it through each day. I'm sure you have mindfulness. I know you get to t time in the sun, sunlight, yep. vitamin D. I mean, you're doing I have everything. have a grounding sheet now. Right. So are you sleeping sleep on, on one or are you just... I sleep on it. Okay. Yeah. I've thought about getting one. What I want to point out is her doctor told her none of this. And I'm not, not pointing a finger, I doctor. I asked. And they that's, said, that's eat whatever, the eat it's whatever not, you want. It's not that they didn't volunteer the information. It's that when you ask, what can I do? What can I eat? What are the things? I mean, I asked several times about diet. And the closest I was told was after several times. Um, first of all, I was told I couldn't reverse fatty liver, which is not true. And because then I was. She did. Because I have, yeah. And right. then the other thing, she said, well, maybe maybe Mediterranean diet. Which is a step in the right direction. I it remember is. when she told you that. And that is moving in the right direction. It is moving still, in the right direction. It may have it was, too many grains for mm -hmm. probably what your body needs. Because right. if, if you understand the metabolic process, what feeds cancer, well, is glucose and glutamine. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where, doc- and if you have any questions, I have a podcast episode with Dr. Seafried. And that's where, in fact, I sent you the raw audio. We've, we don't do yes. that, but I said, Darren, yeah. I want to send the raw audio. And you said, you called me and said, you're describing my life. You know, like, yeah, it was, there was, it was, there was yeah. so much about it that you resonated with. There was so with. much. Yeah. And I mean, I can't, there's not a whole lot I can do about the glutamine without, Med- medical intervention. I mean, you can, if through a very, very extended water fast, you can impact your glutamine levels, but See, the thing that, that I can easily control is the glucose. Yeah. The glucose. Yeah. And so you're checking still ketones every day. You still live your, do you mm-hmm. think of yourself as a cancer th- survivor, thriver, warrior? What, what do you call yourself? Um, well, I mean, I think I said earlier from the moment that you're diagnosed, you are That's right. you're a cancer, cancer patient. So yeah, cancer, I, in your brain. I, I, I don't think of it as a survivor because I don't feel like I've survived it. I don't, but I don't feel like I'm fighting it anymore either. But, so you're a I thriver. Like, you're a thriver. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the steps that I feel like give me the best possible chance of it not becoming something that, that harms me again. I don't know that I'll never have cancer in my body. But I don't know that anybody doesn't have I, I a little, was say, you know, don't, I mean, don't we all have it? Probably. Isn't that what I mean, based on the Western is? diet and yeah, our, our right. way of life. I mean, I think that we all at this point probably have damaged mitochondria in our cells. I mean, that that's just because yeah, the, our, that's the way sure. our lifestyle supports for it. For sure. That our grandparents didn't have. And did I tell you the story? Because Logan Duvall, our friend who mm-hmm. also was on that Seafried interview, um, his son has fought and beat uh, Wilms uh, cancer, stage four cancer, mm-hmm. pediatric cancer. And I told him this story. And I meant to tell you about the woman who was 79, who I said I saw at Dillard's. And mm-hmm. you told me. Yeah. Okay. So I need to tell my audience. So saw her at Dillard's. She's a lovely lady. And we talked and she said, did you know I had surgery? I said, and I kind of remembered. I said, oh, that's right. You've you have breast cancer. I'm so sorry. She said, thank you. She said, proudly, beaming, smiling. She said, I had the smallest cancer they've ever seen. And they still y'all did a double mastectomy on a 79 year old woman who's going back for reconstruction. Do you know every time you go under the knife, it's another risk? Do you know every time you're in a hospital, you have a risk? For, that's where you get sick is the hospital. That's where disease is. Yeah, that's uh, we, just, that's abusive. Sepsis. I mean, the risks involved. And she was so proud that that oncologist said it's the smallest cancer we've ever seen, but they still whacked them both off when she could have maybe skipped a few meals, had some vitamin C mm-hmm. based on a provider, of course, giving her this advice and kept her hair, you know, mm-hmm. but instead, but that's the mindset. And that's what you've changed, Beth, is your mindset even from the first time I met you as a fasting client, you were then ready to roll because you told me then you you were mad and you you didn't like you did not like the the body that they left you. You did not like the remnants of the body that they left. It wasn't you. me. You you told it me it wasn't that. me. I mean, I you could. I, I didn't look in the mirror. Um, I oh. didn't. I I would I, I would not look in the mirror except to fix my hair. Um, right. I remember you saying that. I hadn't. And it you always remain my relationship with my husband, but you've restored it. You know, they, when they take your, when they take your breasts, they take a part of you and you don't think of it that way, but it is part of what gives me my femininity and 
And it, it impacted a lot of things in my life. And I don't feel like they had to do that. And so when you tell me that story of that woman, and I just think <laughs> it's just, it's abusive. It's abusive. Well, but insurance, third party pay yeah. on a Medicare patient who has money, probably as part A, B, C, D, F, G, or whatever with Medicare, probably cost her nothing. Yeah, I she know. thought she, and by the way, they talk down to patients and patronize them. They make it sound like we're saving your life when there are a lot and, of things you can do to save your own life. And there's never, there's never a time when anybody said, take a minute. Just, no. no, they don't, there's no mm. talk to your family, mm. pray about it, do your research, here are it, your no, options, give them some thought. There's none of that. It's urgent. Let's go, urgent. you know, right. and you just, you just, you get caught up in that. Um, it has to be gone right now, which it's not like it showed up yesterday. You know, right. it's not like. It's, they, they called me on Wednesday and said, hey, you got cancer yesterday. Let's get it out before it goes anywhere. I mean, it had been there, been you know, cooking. and so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so what was the hurry? And, and I do feel like it should, there should be options given to you for how can you help yourself? Because there's other people like me that are like this personality type of you want to be able to influence your own life. And, and that's, you know, part of the horror of cancer is you have literally no control. Your entire life is just taken out of your hands and, and you're not given anything that you can do to feel like you're actively contributing to your well-being. And, and that's what I have found since April is that there are things that I can do. There are things that I can control. There are better habits that I can teach my children so that my daughters don't go through this because you know what? I'm raising them the same way I was. I was eating and living and all the things that I was putting on and in my body, I was raising them the same way. I was setting my children up for cancer. You know, they're my babies. And Wait, it's not just saving me, it's saving them. That's right. But it's just our culture. It's, it's, it's what we eat. It's how we eat. It's the emphasis that we have on every, every celebration has to be food and it has to be, you know, cake food that's killing you. And mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we're not every culture is this way. I was just talking to my doctor today and he had been to, I think he said, I know he said Italy, but he may have been other places. And he said, you know, everything they eat is fresh. They have tiny mm -hmm. refrigerators because they don't stock up for two weeks in their fridge. Mm -hmm. What they eat goes bad within days. You can't buy meat at the store and three weeks later, look at it and say, oh, I better eat this quick. It's about to go bad. No, they would have thrown it out two and a half weeks ago. They you go know? to the market I mean, every day. It's, mm -hmm. it's our lifestyle. It's supposed to be convenient, but it's killing us because it, it tried to kill me. I want my audience to know this is the girl that I'm interviewing who said, I don't have much to say. This may be the longest recording I've ever had. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've loved every second of it. For those of you listening to, we had about a two minute period where the dog was barking. We had to stop the recorder and we pick back up. So I'm doing the math, but it was worth every second. Beth, you're tremendous. I told, what do I tell you all the time? You inspire me. And you're like, what inspire you? What? Like, oh, you're, you're, you're silly about it. I'm like, Beth, your story inspires me all the time. Well, you pointed me in the right direction. So thank you. You're teachable. You're very teachable. 
Thank because you. you were desperate. So now I'm crying again. This is my third I time know. crying this hour. But it takes desperation sometimes to do that. And you did. You changed your yeah. life. You changed future generations. And I thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this interview. Thank you. Go get your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.